0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe.
2: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of Laces Out. Jarrett Bailey, Kurt Homasser with you as always, and Kurt, it's been. uh, We had a little bit of a layover for this show for obvious reasons. There was a lot more important things going on uh, around the country. Good to be back with you. Have you been?
3: It has been uh, probably over a little bit of a week. Maybe a little more, but you know we've uh, we always love recording this podcast, so it's good to be back. But like you said, uh, there are more pressing needs going on in our world right now. But you know we're here to talk some football and just kind of whatever's going on in the world. So I am doing well, my friend, and we have an awesome guest today. So I will let you do the honors of introducing him.
2: Yeah, this is Antoine Stanley. He's covered the NFL for quite some time for several different outlets. Um, coming to give us a little bit of per- perspective on not only football, but everything that's been going on um, around the country. So, Antoine, we appreciate you being with us today. Lake Lewis is projected to join us at some point today. Friend of the show has been on before, so he will possibly be with us today. But, Antoine, how are you?
1: I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? doing great.
3: I'm oh, just
2: fine. So, as we had mentioned before, um, this is something that uh going on in the country that I don't think that me and Kurt have really been uh, alive to see something of this magnitude. Um, as two white guys, I I think that we don't really necessarily have, uh, I don't even know how to put this into words. You have a different perspective coming from this as a black man than we do. Um, so what has this whole situation in America the past couple of weeks, how does it look through your eyes and what are your thoughts just on everything right now?
1: It's, I've had a lot of different emotions just uh, based on a lot of different things to what happened. Uh, you talk about the George Floyd killing uh, up in Minneapolis. They definitely triggered a lot of anger within myself and obviously a minorities in the black community there. And I, I think speaking as a black man, and a lot of instances where you see a lot of crimes committed. Uh, even this year recently, um, you know, everything that's going on in Georgia and uh, Kentucky and things of that nature as well. Uh, you just look and see and you, you want some kind of justice. You want things to stop and uh, you can kind of hear it all over and over and over again. So, yeah, I mean, this this kind of triggered a lot of emotions for me because you're thinking, oh, OK, well, this is going to be the same thing all over again. But I think people kind of got tired of it and they started. They thought it was a time to take a stand. And that's why you saw the protest out there. That's why you saw the anger and some of the outlasts on Twitter um, trying to get uh, George Ford's um, killers or, or killer and uh, the other three police officers um, locked up. So yeah, they want. I think a lot of people just want justice, and they're tired of just the police brutality among blacks and other minorities. And they want a lot of things to change. If we figure, we figure this is 2020, uh, some of the th- same things that have gone on for uh, since the 1960s and 70s are still prevalent today. Whether you're listening to it um, in songs or you're revisiting history, and it shouldn't be the case. We should be moving forward. We shouldn't be moving back or moving stagnant. And I think that's kind of where my anger and everything kind of lies there. Uh.
3: Yeah. I mean, obviously we wish none of this even happened because we wish it wasn't even a thing, but I think this, this is, this is different this time. I mean, we, we always see, you know, during black history month, we always see the the outcry and everybody, you know, showing, showing their love. But this time, this is, it seems like it's everybody. It seems everybody's in it. Jared, I know you and I have voiced our opinions over Twitter and we've, that that's what you got to do. You got to be vocal because you can sit back and say, yeah, I'm going to change personally. But if, if you're just doing it for yourself, you're not helping the guy next to you. You're not helping the girl next to you. You need to go out there. Even if protesting isn't your thing, sign a petition, donate some money, do whatever you can just, that that's the only way that we're going to see a change here. And I I do think that it it will come because we've seen some change even just in the past few days here. And obviously, Jared, like you said, we don't really know exactly what it's like, but I'm going to try my best to get it. So everybody can be equal, get it. So everybody can have the same rights and go outside and have a normal life without ever worrying about any police brutality or any inequality of whatsoever. So I mean, like I said, I think it is different this time. I'm praying that we can come out of this stronger because i I really do think that this everything going on across the country, across the world is is going to make a change.
2: Yeah, and uh you know, we always I mean we've always said this isn't a political show. you know this has kind of always been a place for escape, but like whenever something like this of this magnitude happens, I mean it's obviously got to be addressed so like when we have a guy in the white house who is just constantly being divisive and provocative, it, it comes to a point where like, you got to pick a side and it can't just be, I'm, you know, racist or you got to be racist or anti-racist. I think those are the two sides right now, you know, and like, it's it come to a point where, you know, before in terms of politics and how you feel about the guy in the white house, it was never, all right, I was never one to judge people based on, you know, their, you know, their their feelings toward him. And I'd still try to be that way. But at this point, from the things that have happened in the past two weeks, where we're having peaceful protesters, protesters being pepper sprayed, tear gas, assaulted, uh, and he's backing that. And he does want to say to... Get to in front of a building that he's never attended, holding a book he's never read, for a photo op, bro. It's just got to come to a point where enough's enough, and I think that right now more people who were kind of around starting to find themselves picking a side, and I think I would like to think that a lot of them are picking the correct side, and I would like to think that we as a nation will grow from this and get better. But when we have such a divisive guy in charge of all this, man, it's it's been so hard to answer. And I'll let you take take the baton from there because I'm sure that you have a lot of thoughts on that as well.
1: Yeah, um I'm currently up in uh the Washington D C area and I, I've even seen people protesting near the White House and they look having tear gas and uh police were being very brutal and they were just trying to have a peaceful protest. And I, I'm like, what? I mean, there's no need for all that type of violence when people are being peaceful and they're not trying to loot or things like that as well. So, yeah, I, I think um, it's a lot of different things. It obviously, is, I know a lot of people look at the White House and the person that's in charge there. Uh, I think definitely think that has a lot to do with it as well. But I think it also change comes from. Voting uh I think a lot of people, and it's not just voting for the presidential election, I definitely think it's voting locally as well because well no matter where you are in your community, I think change starts there, and being able to talk to local on like mayors and um, governors there and who can really affect that change the president who no matter who it is, can only do so much, but yeah, I definitely think if you want some kind of local change in your community, it all starts there, and yeah, I definitely think um. As a black man, I I really hope uh, we can get past this and uh, start to have some kind of change because I know just speaking from myself and experience and uh, experiences I've had uh, with police there, some of them positive, some of them not so positive. Uh, I've been profiled just because of my skin color. They don't necessarily care that um, I've never committed a crime. I've never, I mean, I'm college educated and things of that nature, but a lot of people just see the skin color and just think that I'm a criminal and that shouldn't be the case there. It should be. Uh, I, I think I'm a person that believes that uh, you give people the benefit of the doubt until they do until they do something wrong or prove that they don't deserve that. And people, some people just don't believe that. Some people just think they just look at a skin color and view that person as negative and that definitely shouldn't be the case so yeah I definitely agree that a lot of things have changed in the last couple of weeks there I hope more changes are to come and I I can't I I hope I'm I live long enough to see all the changes that are being made I hope it's just not a short-term short term thing that uh for a month or two that you've had those changes I hope we see them for a long time lasting a long time period of time
3: Okay, uh, yeah, Antoine. I mean, uh, you you mentioned before we started recording here when we first uh, chatted that uh, Carolina Panthers are keeping you busy there. So yeah, uh, for for anybody that that doesn't know, why don't you why don't you fill them in? Because uh, there's change happening in the NFL too. So uh, let them let them know what's going on there in Carolina.
1: Well, in Charlotte, uh, it's a Jerry. Well, it was a Jerry Richardson statue. Jerry Richardson was the founder of and former owner of the Carolina Panthers. And they built the statue, they presented the statue in 2016 as a gift for his 80th birthday. And as some people might know, Jerry Richardson was uh, forced out of his ownership for the Carolina Panthers because of some sexual misconduct, among other things, there. And ended up having to sell the team to now current owner David Tepper. And the statue has been really polarizing in the area. Some people believe they should take it down. But... Tepper was he said in his first press conference that he was uh, financially obligated to keep the statue up that was one of the agreements to the deal. So three years later and now that he took it over the team. Uh, Tupper and the Panthers decided to take it down, thinking that for safety precautions because they think it might be a somebody might target it in some of these protests that are going on there because of everything that Jerry Richardson has done or not done in the Charlotte community. There, they also took down the two Panthers that were surrounding him as well, uh, just for safety reasons as well. But they're not sure if the statue is going to be put back up or not. It's still at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, but. There's no plans of putting it back up at least right now.
2: And you had uh, tweeted that you were in a, uh, a press conference call with uh, uh, Safety Trey Boston.
1: Yes. Um,
2: about the dealing with what he was dealing with for the past few years. So what all was discussed there? What all did uh, he go into detail about?
1: Well, Trey, we actually asked Trey about his relationship with Jerry Richardson because he had he he's in his second stint with the Panthers. He was. He he's played with the Panthers early on in his career. Uh, was drafted by him and he ended up leaving, going to Arizona and the Chargers before coming back. And Trey ended up saying, compared the relationship he has with Jerry, he had with Jerry Richardson and to David Tepper, and he said Jerry Richardson really didn't, uh, he really didn't have a relationship with him. He also some of the players really uh, didn't really like some of his stances as far as uh, forcing the players to stand. For the national anthem, when they thought about having these peaceful protests back in 2016, remember when Colin Kaepernick was doing his thing and kneeling doing the national anthem? Some players thought about doing the same thing, but uh, Jerry Richardson vetoed that very quickly and made it known that players aren't are supposed to come. Players are supposed to play football, and fans don't come to see protests. They come to see players play on the field. And that he pretty much uh, said no and forced the team to stand up, No even though I'm sure a lot of players wanted to take a knee there because of the it's doing the same thing with Colin Kaepernick and uh, trying to have a peaceful protest. And now with David Tepper being the owner of the Panthers now, David Tepper is all about uh, having those peaceful protests, about doing things to the community. And he's okay with players going out and – protesting around Charlotte and other surrounding areas there. So, yeah, he definitely talked about that and um, talked about talked about some other things there as far as uh, playing next year. Hopefully um, he'll be able to get on the field and we'll get past all this uh, pandemic, situ- pandemic situation. But, yeah, he definitely had a lot of things to say about Jerry Richardson there, and uh, his his lack of relationship there, and it said his relationship with David Tepper is a much better one than what he previously what he had with the previous owner.
3: And we we've seen, I mean, that's exactly what they got to do. the The players need to speak up because they are held to a high standard. They are kind of put up on a pedestal. Wow, you're in the NFL. Use your voice. I mean, these guys have a platform that they can really use. And even in my hometown in Buffalo, New York, our newest. We just got him. Josh Norman just came in this year, and he's already downtown Buffalo, standing at the podium, talking to all the media about everything that's going on. Him and Demario Davis from the Saints were in Buffalo uh, talking to the media about you know everything that's going on, the equality, the protest. And he just – he cried out for everybody to understand what's going on because a lot of people will say – oh, a lot of these people are just looting. They're just breaking stuff to steal stuff. And, I mean, I'm sure there are some of those people that are doing that. But I think this is – not that I want any violence, but this is their way to show that they have had enough because they've used their voices before and it hasn't worked. So now they're they're resorting to not violence because I I don't want violence at all, but they are – they're trying to cry out in any way possible and we need to listen. We need to hear them and we need to cry out as well to show them that we're with them. So I, I love that NFL players are doing that. I think more should um, maybe obviously even some, some higher, higher name guys like starting quarterbacks. We would love to see them come out and kind of, cause they're supposed to be the leader of their team and take control and show their stance because once that happens, that brings a whole team together and that brings a whole league together. And that's what we need. We just need togetherness. And that was,
1: uh, it, well, I was just going to say real quick, uh, I mean, not that I'm promoting looting, but it's, it's like athletes or just people in general, they've tried to – Put, they tried to say, they tried to crowd and say these problems are happening in communities right. before, and yet nobody's paying attention. So whether it be yep. on Twitter, oh you know, well, nobody's paying attention. Or people athletes, they'll say they'll say things uh, about going on political wise or uh, with police brutality, and then people say, well, shut up and dribble and things mm-hmm. of that nature. And then, so when are you going to listen? They're trying right. to tell you in certain ways, but you won't, you continue not to listen. So everybody, everybody has their breaking point. Right. And I kind of feel like that's kind of where we're at right now. I just feel like the uh, a whole group of people are just kind of at their breaking point and just saying enough is enough.
2: And the same people who are who are cutting up their Nike socks or saying that they weren't going to watch another down in the NFL because Colin Kaepernick knelt are probably the same people who are begging for peaceful protests when, when rioting is going on. You didn't listen when Colin wanted to kneel. You didn't listen in the 1960s when marches were going on and sit-ins were going on and uh, uh, bus boycotts and Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks. You didn't want to listen then. You, you can't have it. You can't tell someone how to protest. That's not how a protest works. It's not supposed to be comfortable. There's a reason why it's uncomfortable. It's so we can have a conversation about it. And Ray Cicerelli, the NASCAR truck driver, and his little statement on Facebook saying how he was quitting NASCAR, literally says, I'm not for kneeling for the anthem, and I'm not for taking away the ability to fly the Confederate flag. So you're for the fact that you can wave a racist treason rag, but you're not for somebody kneeling for racial injustice i think he's telling you everything you need to know about him right there to begin with and if there's one less racist in a sport then whatever you know i think we can move on without him to hell with it but you can't tell somebody how to protest and the same people who were saying stop looting stop rioting wouldn't listen to a peaceful protest in the first place so maybe they'll listen now um i just i don't get why um it's just so hard or why black lives matter is such a a provocative statement to some people. And it just,
1: it irks me a lot, but. um, I was just going to say with the whole Drew Brees, I know uh, Drew Brees has kind of came out and apologized now, but his initials comments about standing for the anthem and how it makes them proud. And I I feel the same way. I I think as an American, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I mean, even though it's some things that a lot of things that I don't necessarily agree with, I'm, I'm proud to be an American now. Uh, if people want to take a knee uh, during the National Anthem and have they call that a peaceful protest, then that's fine. Like, that's their right. Like, we're in America. They they have the right to do so. We we don't live in a society where we're forcing people to stand or not stand or things of that nature as well. Uh, we live in that free society where somebody has the right there. You may not agree with it, but they have that right. And I, I always thought that even though, like, I, I love standing for the National Anthem, I still do. Uh, to this day, but it's always a group with people that sometimes people just don't feel the same way about certain things that you do. And that's okay. Uh, I just think that we need to have the dialogue, open dialogue where we can understand another person's perspective about things.
3: Right. And that's all it is, is understanding. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm one of those guys that I don't care you do you. I mean, I don't care your political opinion. I I don't get into politics and argue on Twitter and I I try to keep my politics off of Twitter because you know, I don't care if you think one thing or the other. I just as long as you're nice to me and I respect you and you respect me, that's all I care about. Respect yeah. your friends, respect your strangers. It why do you have to fight somebody or degrade somebody when they don't agree with you it, it doesn't make sense because you just you degrading one person is not going to automatically switch their opinion it's it's it'll only make things worse work worse sorry so understanding is key and it's probably going to be hard to come by but like I said I am praying that we come out of this stronger
2: I wish I had your discipline to not talk politics and argue with people <laughs> on Twitter because I don't
3: <laughs> well, some, I think something,
1: this is not really a political thing. I think it's a right yeah, and wrong right. thing. Yeah, That's right. pretty much what it is. This is people are saying it's about politics, but it's about what's right and what's wrong. Well, politics are, you talk about uh, the way, like, unemployment or how we how we uh, just uh, get food stamps and things of that nature or whatever you want to do uh, in the community. But this is a right and wrong issue. This, 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 this I feel like it's cut and dry, but yeah. some people are not making it to be that way. Right.
2: All right. So what we're going to do, Kurt, I think uh, we've got seven minutes left on this session. We'll start a new one and then uh, put that onto this episode as well. Um, So we're going to take just a quick break and then we'll switch it over to the other um, episode and put them all together. So uh, we'll take this opportunity to plug uh, the promotion we're doing personally on Patreon. Um, If you pledge any amount of money to the Laces Out Patreon, any proceeds in the next month, half of them will go to Colin Kaepernick's Know Your Right Camp um so that is what we would like to promote right now uh so go to patreon.com slash donate whatever you can if you can't donate anything give us a like a share a retweet on twitter um we'll put the link in our our twitter bio if you wanted to get a hold of it uh so again patreon.com slash laces half of all don- donations within the next month go to con Kaepernick's know your rights camp we'll begin another uh episode or another part of this episode Uh, So stay with us on Laces Out, and we'll continue this conversation with Antoine Stanley. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jared Bailey from Laces Out. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. You don't got to pay anything to use Anchor, and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, welcome back to Laces Out. Jared Bailey, Kurt are joined by Antoine Stanley. So we'll get into the first part of this show, really just focusing on everything going on around the country. Um, I guess we can just start uh, really in Kurt's AFC East. Um, This is the division that a lot of people have really penciled the bills in as the winners, but I've said for a while now, don't do that so quickly. Not for the Patriots, and people are going to attack me for this, just like Matt Vertoram did a few weeks ago. I'm saying don't sleep on the Jets, Antoine. I uh, like Sam Darnold coming back. He was seven and six as a starter last year. I'm um, liking what I they they draft uh, Beckton at left tackle. They get him Denzel Mims a go a go to receiver. Le'Veon Bell hopefully with a with a better offensive line um, improves uh, from his last season. Uh, I like the Jets. I don't know if they're going to win the division, but I'm saying that Buffalo is going to face a harder schedule. They're not going to win 12 games like a lot of people are predicting. I think it's going to be closer than what people think. What are your thoughts?
1: I think this division is division that's the most wide open out of any of them. Uh, well, maybe the AFC South is pretty wide open, too. But uh, I definitely think that all, you can make a case for all four teams, like, including the Dolphins, even though I don't think they're going to win it. But uh, the Jets, yeah, the Jets are interesting. Uh, the whole um, – incident with Sam Donald there and uh, him, him being sick last year really kind of derailed their whole uh, hopes before they really got started and yeah, I definitely, I, I love what I see out of him. I definitely think he's continuing to grow um, as a quarterback uh, his second year in the Adam Gates' system. Uh, they, can, they get some uh, parts around him there as well. They have Le'Veon Bell, who I expect to play, play a little bit better than what he did in year one in that system there, probably a little bit more of a comfort level. And it's really going to come down to their defense. Can they uh, make the stops necessary? But, yeah, I definitely think the Jets are there. I probably would still go with New England, and even though I know a lot of people will raise their eyes. But I definitely – I don't think any reason why, especially with their defense, they can't win 10 games, I think, I think the defense was the strongest part of their the season, last, strongest part of their unit last year. I know a lot of people talk about Tom not being there. Obviously, that's a big hit. But at the same time, I felt like his defense was the strong suit last year until the end, when I felt like they kind of wore down a little bit there, and their offense wasn't able to make the plays that they they were accustomed to making, and um, they ended up going out in the first round against the Titans. But yeah, I wouldn't sleep on the Patriots either. I definitely think they could still win the division. I don't think anybody's going to win the division. Um, winning 12 games. But, yeah, you like the I like the Bills there. I think Josh Allen has really grown as a quarterback. They've gotten a lot of good parts around him. Getting Stefan Dixon, I think it's going to be big for them. Uh, having him a really solid weapon to go along with Cole Beasley there as well. Um, I like De- Devin, Devin Singletary there. Um, Zach Moss, I definitely think is a very underrated draft pick that they end up getting later on in the draft. Um, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see uh, how that match race but I probably still pick New England but it wouldn't surprise me if the Bills were to win it but it's definitely a 14
3: division I, I think you guys know where I'm going to lean on this one but uh, <laughs> but I, I'm not leaning too far I will be honest because I have lived through 21 years of absolute disgusting football by my Buffalo Bills so oh well, maybe not 21 but I'm not writing it off that the Bills are winning the division. I'm still picking them to win the division, but all for all their games in their division against new England, uh, Miami and New York. None of them are going to be easy. We Miami is probably the only question mark for me, just because we don't know if they're going to click right away. I doubt they will, but if they do, they could be dangerous. So, um, yes, I am going to pick my Buffalo Bills, but they are definitely not winning 12 games this year. That schedule is tough for the entire AFC East.
2: Especially when Pittsburgh comes rolling into town late on in the season. Mm-hmm. With
3: yeah, right. UConn
2: Corn- with Yukon Cornelius Roethlisberger at the helm, and I'm quite ready for, for the Big Ben revenge tour. Okay, I do got some side news, though. Lake Lewis is ready to join us. He just needs the password. What is the password, Kirk?
3: Okay, let's see. I can text it to you right now if you want to – if you want to move on to the AFC North, uh, we can talk about that next if you would like.
2: Oh, sure. We might as well just go from your team to mine. Pittsburgh Steelers, big Ben Roethlisberger, is set for his revenge tour this year. Um, this is a team that won based off the strength of their defense alone. Um, I think that it is a top three unit in football. They get Stefan Tua back. He missed almost all of last season with an injury. Um, now, James Conner and Juju Smithers are going to be interesting to me. Uh, Kurt, you know I'm not big on either of them. Uh, I think that Juju is a very good number two. I don't think he's a number one, and I think that the writing is on the wall for James Conner The drafting of Anthony McFarlane, and Benny Snell played well in his absence last year. So I think that this is a very make-or-break year for both of them. Uh, Ed Bruchette of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette has said that he doesn't expect either of them to be back in 2021 if they don't uh, play a lot better. So um, – I love Ben. You know this. He's been the quarterback of my team since I was five, six years old. So this is something that means a lot to me, him coming back. They have an incredible defense. Uh, Mika Fitzpatrick really led the charge last year. They're my pick to win the division. I know people are going to be high on Baltimore. Um, They're not going to go 14-2 again. I promise you that. Um, So I'm going to go the Steelers. I think that they have the best overall team. They have the best defense in the division by, I think, a solid margin. Um, I think they're going to have the best passing game in the division. Uh, because they have the best quarterback in the division in terms of throwing the ball. Um, so, Antoine, I'll give give you the reins here on what your thoughts are. I,
1: I know a lot of people were on Cleveland last year, and uh, a lot of people were drinking the Kool-Aid. I was not one of them. I thought they were about a year away. Um, I just thought that they had a, a ton of hype and not a lot of substance there, um, especially having to depend on the second-year quarterback. But I'm actually going to pick the Browns. I, I definitely uh, – I really think they have the most – talented, on a talent level, the most talent in that division. And that's not the slight anybody else. I know the Steelers have a really great defense, and Mika was just a absolute monster when he came over for the Dolphins last year. And the Ravens, the Ravens were great. Um, I don't think they're going to do the same thing. I still think that they may make the playoffs, but I don't see them going 14-2 and two once again there. I definitely think it's going to be a three-team race in that division. But I really think getting Kevin Stefanski there. Uh, much better coach than what Freddie Kitchens was, the kind of uh tutor Baker Mayfield. You have a really solid backup if needed, um, in Case Keenum, even though I don't know if they, how much he's gonna play. You got a great running game, Kareem Hunt, also Nick Chubb and really stud wide receivers Darren Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham and the tight end situation with Austin Hooper and David Njoku. And defensively, I was, Miles Garrett, I'm sure he's gonna be on a mission there. And they have they corners are really outstanding as well. So I'm going to pick Cleveland. I'm going to do it reluctantly just because I, I like the talent that they've accumulated defense, uh, defensively and offensively there. But it wouldn't surprise me if the Steelers would have win it there as well, especially considering Ben is back and they have, a, they have the best offensive line out of anybody in that division as well. If Cleveland
2: go, doesn't go at least around nine and seven, is Baker Mayfield done?
1: Uh, I, I I'm I'm really worried about writing quarterbacks. I mean, it's just his third year in the league, so I I don't know. I don't know if he was done. It, it depends on how he plays. If he plays, he throws out and has another season like his sophomore year, then. Yeah, I definitely think they may decide to go in a different direction at quarterback or get somebody to push him. But if he goes – he throws he like 35 touchdowns and they still go 9-7 and seven for whatever reason, maybe their defense isn't good, then, yeah, I definitely think he'll be back next year. It just depends on how he plays. And they've addressed the offensive line issues, which I thought was a big reason why he kind of took a step back last year as well.
3: Yeah, I, I think – I mean, on paper, I think you could give Cleveland maybe on paper the best – talented offense in that division, maybe even defense as well. But I'm not, like you said, I'm not drinking that Kool-Aid yet. After what I saw last year, I need to see a lot more from Baker Mayfield. So, Jared, I'm going to agree with you, my friend. I'm picking the Steelers um, just because, obviously, Lamar had an outstanding year. Um, I just don't know if he's going to be able to duplicate that because it takes the the top-of-the-line elite talent to – have back-to-back MVP seasons to light up teams. I think teams are going to start figuring them out. I think maybe they sort of did towards the end of the year there. Um, and you know what they're going to do. You know they're going to run. They just they just drafted uh, your boy, J.K. Dobbins, too, the one that you wanted so badly in Pittsburgh. So with Mark uh, Ingram, Lamar Jackson, and J.K. Dobbins, they're going to be running the heck out of that ball. So – I'm not picking Baltimore yet, just because I think they need to—they need to show everybody that they can win by passing the ball. Um, they won a lot of games just from running that ball and having a great defense. So, I'm going with Pittsburgh for now. Um, I don't know if that'll change come come preseason here, but we do have Lake Lewis joining us right now. Once he gets in here, but. Uh, we there he is lake can you hear Hello, us
1: Wade.
0: i can hear you i can hear you oh, i
3: apologize no worries
0: we had uh we had a series of uh uh interviews today with uh ryan kerrigan and terry mclaurin so i apologize
2: well, this is perfect timing then because we would love your insight on what just happened with that um why do we just take it over right now lake and then we'll get back to our division talk afterwards so yes we did see tweets about uh ryan kerrigan talking about playing in a 4-3 for the first time this season under new defensive coordinator jack del rio what did ryan kerrigan have to say uh in terms of playing in that sort of defense and wanting to spend the rest of his career in washington
0: i mean he said he was excited you know he, he understands that you know they haven't had a lot of success since he's been a Redskin as far as winning and you know the defense hasn't always lived up to their billing so Um, you know he's excited you know he said that if he had the number two pick in the draft he would have taken Chase Young himself he understands that Montez Sweat was taken last year in the first round Uh, so he understands that he's kind of like the old guy now but he said he feels he still feels like he can get better and he feels like there's a lot of things to his game that you know maybe we haven't seen because he's been in the 3-4 and you know it, it, it came across a little bit to me like if he was saying that he, did, he said he wasn't underused, but I think that comment kind of showed us that, you know, when you have Ryan Kerrigan covering tight ends and stuff like that, that's not the way you want to use a pass rusher.
2: <laughs> Dwayne Haskins has been looking really good as well. We're seeing videos all over Twitter. He looks – want a lot more in shape than he did last year. Looks like he took off a lot of weight and put on a lot of muscle.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: so, what are the feelings of Dwayne Haskins going into uh, this, this definitely new training camp type thing where it's going to be at team facilities? Um, he's looking good. What? How's the team feel about him right now? How's the coaching staff feel about him?
0: I mean, they feel good. I mean, they feel good enough that they didn't go out and bring in a, a you know, high-priced veteran quarterback. You know, Cam Newton played for Ron Rivera for all those years in, in, in Carolina, and he's still on the street. So that, that kind of tells you that maybe they do feel like that, you know, Haskins is ready to have, you know, just a kind of a coming out year this year. And I, I think they saw last year, you know, he was starting to do some things really well as he got a little bit more acclimated in the offense. Uh, it's a new system now. Scott Turner's coming in. He wants to have more of a, a, a all you know well balanced offense, but also one that will go vertical. And that's Dwayne Haskins' strength is his arm. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. But it's kind of hard, guys, to, to to get a gauge on anything right now because you know, as a as a media member that covers them, we haven't been able to see anything because the players haven't practiced with each other yet. Everything's via Zoom like we're doing right now. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how all this stuff plays out over the next couple of weeks.
3: I mean, because, late before you got here, we were running through each division kind of picking our favorites. Uh, so why don't we just jump right into the NFC East here. So do you see Washington maybe contending here They for the division? Because that division is fairly weak. We see Philadelphia win it at 9-7 and seven last year, mm-hmm. almost could have won the division at 8-8. Eight and eight. So. I, I mean, I expect Washington to take a big jump here. Um, I'm still picking Philly to win that division. I think they are the better overall team in that whole division. But all, all those teams are are kind of building new. Uh, the Giants are building up a, a strong core there. Uh, I liked what they did in the draft, and I, I like what Washington did as well. So, I mean, Lake, we'll, we'll jump to you first here, uh, your favorite for the NFC East.
0: I mean, I think right now I agree with you. I think you have to say the Eagles. They're probably the most complete team out of all four. But I will say this, I think the, that the two things that will win the division this year for whoever does win it, it's going to be quarterback play and it's going to be defense. And clearly, if you go quarterback play, you're probably going to go Carson Wentz, you know, from a sheer talent standpoint before anybody else. Um, Dallas feels pretty good about Dak Prescott. Daniel Jones had a, a decent rookie season and Dwayne Haskins, you know, there's still a lot of question marks, but Redskins feel pretty good about him. The key now goes back to defense. And I think to a man, if you look at just sheer talent on paper, I think the Redskins have the best defense in the division as far as just a, a talent collection. Um, you know, you bring in a guy like Chase Young to to go with some, you know, stud defensive line, young players on top of that. Everything's kind of set for them to take off and, and be what I think a lot of us thought that they could be last year where I thought they were going to be a top five defensive unit, but they had terrible coaching. Um, That's just the way it is. Uh, Dak Del Rio comes in. He should make their defense better. So, you know, if the Eagles get strong play from Carson Wentz, it'll be tough to beat them. But if their defense isn't that good, I don't see anybody running away in the division. And I think every team feels pretty good about themselves right now. I think nine and seven, ten and six might win the division again this year. So which team will it be? We'll, We'll see.
3: Jared, I, I know how you feel about the uh, Dallas Cowboys. So, I'm going to come to you last, Jared, because I know your answer. Antoine, what, you, what do you got for the NFC East?
1: Uh, well, it's interesting. You got three new head coaches in that whole uh, division there with Mike McCarthy, obviously a veteran with Green Bay, and uh, Joe Judge there in uh, New York. And also Ron Rivera, who uh, had a bit track record, who I covered with the Panthers as well. So, yeah, I definitely think um, it's, it's very interesting. You got Dwayne Haskins there, who I, I really liked, uh, especially. I thought he's turned the corner when uh, during the Carolina game, when which is actually crazy enough that that was the game that got Ron Rivera fired um, in the process, and now he's the head coach of the Redskins. But yeah, I definitely think um, they're they're ready to take a the corner there. Um, it's going to depend on. Their running game, I think if Darius can be a uh, compliment with Adrian Peterson, I definitely think that would help uh, Dwayne Haskins immensely there. I still like the Eagles, though. I definitely think um, they had a ton of injuries, and they still won the division. And despite the Cowboys, I thought, being a more talented team, I just thought that uh, I like Carson Wentz. I, like, I definitely think that. Um, there's no reason to pick against them. Uh, I I don't know what's going to happen with the Dak situation as far as I'm holding out. I expect them to come back at some point. But, yeah, I think it's um, the Eagles division until proven otherwise there, even though I think getting Mike McCarthy there to be their head coach is certainly an upgrade from Jason Garrett. All
3: right, Jared, go ahead, my friend.
2: (laughs) All right. So I'm what the streets call a Dak Prescott hater.
1: Yes.
2: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing. I don't see myself as a Dak Prescott hater. I see myself as a Dak Prescott realist. I see myself as a Dallas Cowboys realist. When I released my quarterback rankings um, for prime time, I um, had a lot of people gave me some backlash for it. But I think people seem to forget that had he not injured his knee in 2017, he would have been the MVP. Um, And he was throwing to the four of us at receiver last season when everybody else went down. Yeah, correct.
3: Hang on, did we lose you there, Jarrett? We might have lost him. He's uh, uh his, his be... Wi-Fi might might not be as strong over there in Slippery Rock. Jarrett, can you hear us?
2: Yeah, I can hear you. Making you. Hear All right, me? there you go. You're back. All right, where did I cut off at? Was I at Gabe Davis yet?
3: No, not yet. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, well they had
2: uh-huh. Gabe Davis, I believe, uh, somewhere in the receiving core. they were calling up guys from the practice squad. Um, their their secondary could not cover anybody. They bring in Darius Slay this year to fill a very big void in terms of uh, cornerback play. Uh, I think that their offensive line still very good. Brandon Brooks, Brandon Brooks, one of the best guards in football. Uh, we Lane Johnson still there, so I, I like the Eagles a lot. I like Carson Wentz a lot. Um, now I know that Dallas goes and gets CeeDee Lamb. I think that was more of a spite move to the Eagles just to make sure that they couldn't get him. But that adds another weapon for uh, Dak Prescott on offense. Um, But losing Travis Frederick, I think, is going to hurt. Losing Byron Jones, I think, is going to hurt. They still have some holes to plug on both the defensive line and in the secondary. Um, I think that it will be interesting to see what Mike McCarthy can bring, uh, but his system kind of went stale in Green Bay, so we'll see what he can do in Dallas. Um, But other than that, yeah, I I like the Eagles a lot. I have them being the number one seed this year in the NFC. I think that uh, the fact that they're going to have a a healthy roster, a healthy Carson Wentz, a revamped defense, I think that they're going to be – Um, I think they're playing the easiest division as well. So not necessarily the best team, but I think they're going to have the best record.
3: All right. Well, we can move to the NFC West, which I think is going to be, I don't know, Antoine, you said earlier that the AFC East was going to be one of the most tight divisions. I think the NFC West is going to be wide open because we see San Francisco. We know what they did last year. Seattle is right up there as well. Arizona is very much on the rise. And I feel like Los Angeles is a question mark. They could either be contenders or they could be picking in the top 10 next year. So me personally, I am a Russell Wilson lover. I will go with Russ all day. So I'm picking Seattle. I think Seattle is going to win this division. I think San Francisco takes a step back, but not not totally. They're still going to win probably 10 games at least. But I don't think we're going to see them as dominant as we did last year, so I'm taking Seattle to to win the NFC uh, West. And Antoine, we can go to you for your thoughts.
1: Well, uh, I think it's going to be uh, where you possibly see the three wild card play wild card teams and play in each conference come uh, come into play. Uh, I really like Arizona. I really thought the DeAndre Hopkins signing was really good. And I thought Kyler Murray played exceptionally well, especially late on in the season. And especially when um Kenyon Drake started to come into the fold there, it definitely really helped their running game. So yeah, I I I think Arizona is probably the sec- I I would probably say the second or third best team in that division. I know San Francisco. Uh, was outstanding last year, uh, especially with the running game uh, surrounding Garoppolo there. So, yeah, I'll probably pick Seattle to win the division, but i like Arizona to get a wild card spot, one of those three wild card spots uh, that's going to be available there. And San Francisco can do the same thing there too. Uh, the Rams, like like you said, it's a big question mark there because it seems like they hadn't really gotten better. They, they may be a team that finishes anywhere from eight to ten wins, but I don't feel like um, they're as good as what they were a couple of years ago when they went to the Super Bowl.
3: right, yeah. Blake, what do you got?
1: Yeah, I
0: mean, it's going to be a a tough division. I'm still leaning towards San Francisco winning the division. Uh, You know, they got to the Super Bowl. I thought they outplayed Kansas City for pretty much, you know, 55 minutes of the game and then lost it at the end. Uh, You know, but I I think that, you know, they're going to be a team that knows they're good. It's going to be kind of hard to knock them off their perch. Seattle's right there. I mean, uh, you know, it's just going to be interesting, though, as far as running back spot with Seattle. You know, do they finally find someone that that's going to be the everyday, every down runner, not so much like Marshawn Lynch who's going to be older? I think they're going to bring him back, but maybe Rashad Penny or someone can step into that role finally. Um, Arizona, I mean, I'm excited to see what Kyler Murray does in year two. Uh, you know, picking up the best receiver in football, in my opinion, doesn't doesn't hurt in DeAndre Hopkins. You know, Larry Fitzgerald is still there. I mean, they, they've got a lot of stuff going on, and I agree with Antoine. Kenyon Drake definitely, you know, got it going, you know, for their running game and he can catch out the backfield. The Rams, still a question mark to me. I, I do think they're going to miss, you know, Todd Gurley more than they, than they possibly think they will because uh, when he was playing at an MVP level, they went to the Super Bowl. So um, it's, it's going to be a tough division, but I, I'm still taking San Francisco.
3: What
2: do you got? Uh, I think I'm gonna roll with Seattle. Uh, I've been close, i repeating the division since the division champions. I uh, think it's gonna come down to Seattle and San Francisco once again, but I don't I think I agree. I think they're gonna be in wild card hunt. I think I had in my last prediction, um, so I think they're going to be right in the mix. I think uh, having that that seventh wild card team, they're going to definitely be uh, one of those teams that are fighting for that spot. So um, I like Seattle, uh, but I think that uh, San Francisco is, is going to kind of be going back and forth between uh, those two uh, all year long. The Rams, I agree though. I don't think I think the Rams are going to be a six and 10, 7 and nine team. I uh, just don't see the talent that's there. They went. I'll give it to the Rams. Though. They went all in for a solid two, three year period. They said, we're going to, to hell with the draft. We're going to get big name guys. We're going to pay them big money for a couple of years and try to make a run at this thing. And they got to the Super Bowl in their defense. They just ran into uh, the the Patriots who uh, made one of the best offenses in the NFL and held them to three points. So um, I like the way they attacked it. They saw the window that they had with Jared Goff and Todd Gurley and they attacked it. But uh, ultimately, you know, they did fall a little bit short. And I think that they're kind of reaping the percussions of that now in terms of having to kind of rebuild uh, moving on from Todd Gurley um moving on from Brandon Cooks um but defensively I mean Aaron Donald Jalen Ramsey are still there so we'll see how the the defense looks but offensively they need more help for Jared Goff and the offensive line Andrew Whitworth won't be playing much longer so we'll see what they do um but I think as of this year it'll be another year where they're kind of scrambling to see what they got
3: I agree with you my friend so let's move we can kind of speed things up here a little bit the NFC West to win the division, I think it'll be an interesting division. Uh, there's, there's three teams that are going to be fighting for a wild card spot. But to win the division, does anybody – is anybody disagreeing here with Kansas City to uh, repeat and take that division championship again? Speak now if you disagree.
2: Well, if you ask any Denver Broncos fans, they're going to say that Drew Locke's the greatest thing since sliced bread, apparently. <laughs> I, I don't know what – here's the thing. I like Drew Locke. I think that he's well in his – last year. Um, But I I think though we need to hold off a little bit on him being this incredible, you know, this Messiah that's coming to save the Denver Broncos. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I like him. Uh, Lake, I don't know. How do you feel about Drew Locke in terms of the Denver Broncos? Because I like, I'm liking what I see in terms of Kansas City winning division, but in terms of the consensus here, I mean, I think that Drew Locke is kind of being a little overhyped too early.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think Denver's going to be a a much improved team, but they're still not going to be a team to me that, that's going to cause anyone any, any damage or anything like that. I mean, Kansas City is the team to beat in football,
1: <laughs> period. <laughs> right. Yeah. A, so, well, all football. I was going to say, so long as Patrick Mahomes is healthy, I don't see anybody oh, beating the Chiefs.
0: Right. I mean, they're they're the team to beat in all of football. I mean, they're the Super Bowl champions, and they probably should be two-time Super Bowl champions, you know, uh, considering what happened two years ago. Uh, but, I, but, I think, I, right, but I do think – Right. But I do think, though, that – The team that I think is the team to watch, um, if there is a team that not really challenge Kansas City, but at least, you know, make it interesting, maybe the beginning of December before everything falls apart, I actually think it's the Chargers. I I think that they had the talent in place going into last year, but they had some big injuries. and, And, you know, you lose a guy like Derwin James on the back end of your defense, and it will cause problems. I mean, they had some guys leave via free agency. Their tight end went down. Um, now the big question mark for them obviously is, is going to be a quarterback. Tyrod Taylor we already know is a he's a pro, but but he's a stopgap pro. He's a guy that's you know going to ultimately give way to their first round draft pick out of Oregon. So I think that if they can get adequate quarterback play, you know, whether it's from Tyrod, whether it's from now I'm drawing a, a blank here from kid from Oregon, uh,
3: Justin Herbert. Yeah, yeah. Justin Herbert. Exactly.
0: So if if Justin Herbert doesn't, you know, let's put it like this. If Justin Herbert becomes their quarterback, that means Tyrod Taylor didn't do something. (laughs) And that's not good. But if Tyrod Taylor can hold the fort and that defense can, you know, with Bosa and Derwin James and company, they can get after guys. I think that the Chargers have a chance to rebound big time from what they did last year.
3: Yeah. Antoine, what are your thoughts on on the AFC West?
1: Well yeah I definitely think um it i i i like the Raiders too actually uh, to believe it or not now, I don't think they're gonna I don't think they're gonna win the division uh I, everything I, I think it's gonna be for second place, but I mean, there's no reason to think they can't win possibly nine games. Now, I definitely think they addressed the wide receiver position there, getting Henry Rose in the first round there, um, also filling up some holes uh, defensively as well. Their offensive line is great, and I thought Josh Jacobs uh, just surprised a lot of people with how versatile and how great he was even as a rookie. So it's really going to be dependent on Derek Carr. That's pretty much what it boils down to. If Carr can uh, – this is it for him. He's gotten a lot of rope there. uh. This is his third year going in the John Gruden system. I know it's a complicated system, but he's going to have to um, play a lot better if he wants to remain a member of this team moving forward, especially trying to get people excited out there in Las Vegas now. So it's, it's all on him. They put, in the, they put the right parts around him. I just think it's up to him to play better. So if he can, I definitely think the Raiders have a chance to maybe get one of those three wild card spots. But if not, then, yeah, this thing could completely fall apart and they could finish their last place once, uh, once again. Right. Yeah. The
2: Raiders uh haven't seen a fast wide receiver who they haven't liked yet. And Darius Hayward Day a few years ago and now Henry Ruggs this year. So we'll see what happens. What's the they, what,
1: what what's next on the division?
3: We can uh we can next. finish off the AFC here with the AFC South. Um again, probably three teams that are they're going to be very close. I think we can all rule that Jacksonville is on, on a lower tier there. So
0: um <laughs>
3: <laughs> So personally, I like going into this year. I do like Indianapolis. Um, we saw Tennessee had a, have a kind of a shocking run on uh, the playoffs last year, but I'm not too sold on Tennessee uh, just as a whole. I'm not too sold on them. I really like Indianapolis bringing in Phillip Rivers. He did struggle last year, but Indianapolis brought in a lot of talent. They, ha- they still have a very solid defense. I think overall they are probably the most complete team in that division um Houston obviously losing out on DeAndre Hopkins and their head coach don't even get me started with so I'm gonna go with the Colts here uh to take the AFC South title um and like I said all three of those teams are gonna are gonna be tight together so uh we'll just go around Antoine what do you got for the AFC South
1: I'm gonna pick Houston I know a lot of people are kind of crazy because considering Bill O'Brien and all of this but the man, he's he's worked wonders since he's been there uh, to get to make the playoffs with Brian Horia and some of the other teams that they've had and uh, win a division. So there's no reason, even though I questioned a lot of- – I question him as a general manager more so than a head coach. I think he's a solid head coach, but a general manager, obviously, yeah, that's a lot to be desired there. But yeah, I think in that division, um, it may take 10 or 11 wins to uh, to win it. And it's no reason to think there as so long as Deshaun Watson stays healthy, if they can get some type of running game and uh, David Johnson there can maybe uh, get back to what he was back in Arizona. I think that will definitely take a lot of pressure off of Watson and also that, uh, Tetson's offensive line there and we know their defense is always going to be solid there as well so yeah I I still think Houston the team to beat there but it wouldn't surprise me if the Colts were to win it they have they have the most talent out of anybody there it's just a matter of can Fuller-Rivers get back to the level that he was a couple of years ago with the Chargers when he was also in the Colts of MVP as well um, up there with Mahomes as, uh, with the Char- and ended up losing in the divisional rounds to the Patriots. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if the Colts were to win it, but I- I'll definitely take the Texans.
3: Yeah. Lake, who are you riding with?
1: Uh, I'm going with
0: the Colts, and I- I'm going with the Colts going away with that division. Uh, yeah. I think Tennessee, you know, they – I mean, they, they played out of their minds last year in the playoffs and, and, you know, Derek Henry was running over everyone that got near him, but now you're going to need Tanny Hill to beat you. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's always been the knock on him, you know, no offense. He had a great run uh, and, and he's their quarterback now, you know, uh, but, but I think, you know, when you, when you start stacking the box now, we're going to see, you know, are, are the wide receivers that they have, which I think are pretty good are they going to be able to take the next jump? But I think if you look at the Colts, you know, Frank Reich, what he's done as a coach there has been pretty remarkable. And, and Indy, even, even with a quarterback, you know, and, and, and Brissett that they weren't sure about, they still were competitive until they had injuries. I think Phillip Rivers is a slam dunk pick for them. I, I do. I think he's going to give them some, some, some big time play, and it'll galvanize the Colts. Uh You know, I think they're an 11-win football team. And if a couple things fall into place, don't be surprised if they're they're at 12 wins this year. I think they're going to be that good because their defense is really good. Um, You know, you look at, uh, you know, some of the other, you know, teams. The division is – it's a physical division if you think about it. It's going to be a division that, you know, you're going to be able to run the football. You know, you're going to have to play defense. And that's why I think with Houston – they're going to lose out on that. I mean, is David Johnson going to be the same guy as Antoine said? He might be, but when you don't have a weapon on the outside to stretch the field, uh, you're not going to be able to run the football if you're Houston, and I'm sure the God it's the odd man out in all of this, which is unfortunate because he's one of the best players in football is Deshaun Watson. You know, he's going to suffer through all of this because of some of the bonehead moves that a former Penn State coach, where I'm a Penn State guy, I'm so disappointed (laughs) in Bill (laughs) O'Brien.
2: I can second that that to wish, and I'm a big Penn State guy, and Bill O'Brien saved that program when it was in turmoil. He kept Um, us afloat. He did. He did. That he did. So I do want to do this, though. we got about five minutes left. Like I wanted to get your opinions just on everything kind of going on right now. We heard from Antoine earlier. Um, What, Just your thoughts as a black man in America, talking to, you know, two Caucasian males, how maybe we can help make a difference and what your thoughts have been on the past few weeks.
0: I appreciate you asking me that, uh, you know, because you guys are needed (laughs) uh, big time. You know, this isn't something that's just, as Antoine, I'm sure, could say, this isn't just about you know black people right now it's about everyone I mean obviously we are the the central characters of course the central theme but you know we we need for everyone to understand you know the difficulties that we've that we've endured that we've had to go through and you know I hate to say it I've, I've been pulled over several times because of what I drive and and you know to make matters worse when people see who you are or they oh I know you blah 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 it's like you get a different, you get a pass, you know, and that makes it even more, you know, uh, hypocritical. It's just, it's unfortunate things that we've gone through. And, and, you know, I'm really impressed though, that it's not just, you know, African-Americans that are taking up this fight now. It, it is, you know, it's white people, it's Latin people, it's Asian, it's everyone. And that's how it has to be. Everyone has to be involved in order to make things better. And, I think all good people want to see other people, you know, be successful. All good people want to see other people be able to live their lives freely and not have to worry about unjust things happening. So when you ask, you know, what can you do? It's just to, to make sure that the message is still carried out, you know, that it's still sincere. And uh, you know, I I can't speak for, for Antoine or all other black people, but I know, Pretty much, most of us, we we don't want anything given to us. You know, we want to earn what we get, and um, but but we want to be looked at as 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 men, as women, as human beings first and foremost. And um, color is just you know what we're born with. You know that that's that's pretty much all of us. That's that's what we're born with, but that doesn't make you who you are.
2: Right. Absolutely. I don't think any any of us could say it any better than that, gentlemen. We appreciate the time. We appreciate the enlightenment um we're always going to keep fighting for that as best as we can uh you know if you're listening to this and you want to know how you can make a change uh you can donate to um african-american causes black lives matter you can sign a petition go protest um anything that we can do uh is something that i feel like we should take um and do as much as we can so um if you need somewhere to sign a petition go to change.org uh there's so many of them on there that you can um uh, sign and then it will ask you if you want to donate you can also donate if not you can share it on your social media try to get as many signatures per um petition that you can so there are many ways besides giving money to make a difference um in this cause gentlemen we appreciate your time um as always we appreciate uh the enlightenment um thank you for doing this um stay well and we hope to talk to you soon all
0: right appreciate you yeah, thanks guys all right have a good weekend
3: have a good one everybody
2: all right, Kurt. So we'll wrap it up the way that we always do. Uh where can they find you on Twitter?
3: Of course you guys can find me at Kurt K-U-R-T Hammissar H A U M E S S E R 88. Uh for everything and anything. If you want to come to me for life advice, come for me. Come to me for life advice. I will do anything. But um yeah, find me there for bill stuff, football stuff, um, and we'll have a good time. So, Jerry, what do you got?
2: You can find me on Twitter, J Bailey, NFL, all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Jacksonville Jaguars and Bucks for fan as well. Uh, I'll be having a couple new pieces on the site coming out here in a few days. Um and then next week I'll be doing something similar to what uh Barshall Big Cat's been doing when W14. I'll be starting a uh, ESPN 2K5 little franchise thing, keep you updated with that. So we'll have fun with that. And uh, yeah, everybody who's listening, you know, if you want to find a way to make a difference, change.org, find a petition, sign it, share it, donate money if you can, go to a protest if you can, do anything that you can just to, we can't let this go, you know, a week, you know, say that's enough activism and then move on. That is something that we've got to carry on until changes are made. And we've seen changes made because of um, a lot of things going on. We've seen statues removed. We've seen Confederate flags banned. At NASCAR events, which is something I never thought I would see, <laughs> um, but we've seen a lot of change come from this. So uh, anybody who says that protests don't work, they, I think they're around zero and five right now. <laughs> so good stuff coming. Um, we're gonna keep trying to get uh, some more special guests on. Whether um, it's writers, we've got you know a few players on the queue for the coming weeks. So we'll we'll keep you updated with that. Follow us on Twitter. Laces out. PTST. Um, and you you'll find everything that you need to know there so for for kurt i'm jared thanks again for joining us on laces out and we will see you uh on the next episode
3: see ya
1: thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube